Hey, this is Adam Penapinto. I'm the pastor here at Hope Covenant Church, and I'm so glad that you're joining with us today. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a part of our Hope Covenant Church family, we would love to connect with you via social media on all social media outlets or on our website, hopecovenant.cc. I hope this word encourages, inspires, and challenges you in your daily walk with God as we dig deeper into his word. Let's jump right into today's message. I do want to welcome those of you that are watching online and perhaps you're listening on the podcast. Hope Kevin, would you put your hands together for our online viewers? Those that are listening on the podcast, we consider it an honor to have you joining with us this morning. You're a part of this family. If you're ever in the Charlotte area, we want to encourage you to stop on by and we'll make you feel right at home. I want to pray. I want to welcome the Holy Spirit. And I want to just have a moment where we pause in the presence of the Lord and let all of our anxieties and worries and and things that might be weighing on us to the wayside this morning as we really encounter the Lord and leave changed and provoked and encouraged and filled with joy, comfort and joy in this season. Father, we just welcome you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Lord, we thank you for the gift of Jesus. We thank you for your son. Lord, we thank you that when he left the earth, some of his last words were that he leaves us with the gift of Holy Spirit who can speak to us, who's here and evident today as we've even felt the presence of the Lord. Lord, we just thank you for your presence. We thank you for your voice that would speak to us this morning. Open our ears and open our hearts. Lord, we thank you for a divine encounter with you. In Jesus' name, if you believe that, say, I agree. agree. Awesome. The supernatural life of Jesus is the message title of this message. And the reason why I named it the supernatural life of Jesus, obviously this being Christmas season, everybody expects a Christmas message. And this is a Christmas message with a little bit of a twist. Um, There is nothing about Jesus' life that wasn't supernatural. Everything about Jesus' life from how he arrived here from a virgin, which is impossible, some would say, to miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle that he demonstrated here on earth, his entire life living for something more than himself, which is a great example to each of us as we should be doing, to then even his ascension after the resurrection, which is, again, an an impossibility in the natural without it being supernatural, dies on a cross and then is resurrected and then ascends to heaven, another supernatural, and then is still existing today, still lives today, even dwells in each of our hearts. You would say that's impossible. I want to say this to the person who came burdened, stressed out, worried, feeling guilty, feeling condemnation, feeling like you're not where you're supposed to be, feeling anything that doesn't line up with what scripture says you should be feeling about yourself, I want to tell you that you serve a God of impossibilities and he makes them possibilities. He takes mountains and he moves them. Many times when we hear somebody speak about this, we go, that's great cheerleading. We appreciate that, pastor. We're not feeling it. The supernatural is not a feeling, it's a fact. It's not a feeling. It's not about how you feel. In fact, many times when you feel you are at your worst, 
is when the supernatural begins to move in your life, and we're going to get there today. But Jesus did not live for himself, and I've encouraged you many times throughout this year that when you have a need, one of the greatest things you can do is minister and give to others because then your need is met. Jesus, I'm thankful for a God who has desires and not needs, and I preach that regularly because we serve a God who has no needs. Jesus, no needs, but desires. And his desire, the Holy Spirit, again, I've said, is not a lake. It's a river. It's meant to flow in you and out of you to others. That's the whole purpose. And Jesus demonstrated that so well. And I talked last week about, about how even the wise men, when they were, this, this was supernatural, followed the light to Jesus. And it took them, I said, the manger scene it really is theologically incorrect because he wasn't an infant when they actually discovered him. It, the theologians say it was somewhere in between four months and maybe a little over a year. They're not exactly sure that time frame because it's not specific in the Bible. But it took some time. And even that was supernatural supernatural. There's nothing about Jesus' life that was not supernatural. My question to you today is, are you prepared to live a life of power and supernatural? Do you really believe that that exists today? I can tell you that many times if you were to judge my feelings, even this morning struggling, and I believe the Lord allows me sometimes to deal with those things to show himself strong in moments where I struggle with my own mood and my own things. We all have things. Everybody look at your neighbor say, you have stuff. We all have stuff. That's why we need the family of God. That's why I encourage you, if you're not sick and you're watching online, come to the house of God because there's some people who are going through stuff who want to encourage you and give. And this is a place where we join together as a family. It's exciting. It's a good thing. Iron sharpens iron and we're meant to comfort each other. But are you prepared to live a life of power? Are you prepared to step into a calling where you literally demonstrate the same power that Jesus demonstrated that still lives today and should be dwelling in each of us? One of the problems with the, the church in America is that we, 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 start, we started talking about Jesus and we started making sure that our services are super polished and everything it looks good and our song transitions are great and the, the lighting's wonderful and the temperature is perfect and the, the carpet's vacuumed and everything's great. But really what matters is are we encountering Jesus and seeing the supernatural demonstrated in our services? Are we seeing signs and wonders and miracles? And I'm at a point where I don't want to do church anymore without signs and wonders and miracles. My God, I wouldn't need a marketing strategy if I just had miracles existing on a Sunday morning. There'd be lines out the door if, if people knew they could get healed of cancer. They could get delivered of alcoholism. They could get set free of addictions. They could get set free of pornography. When you just get here, you'll encounter Jesus. Man, they chase Jesus down for all these miracles. And we're going to talk about it. All these miracles during the time period where he was here on earth. And I want you to know that there is a generation that's hungry for the miracles of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit wants to operate through you to perform them. Yes. It's scriptural. We're going to get there. Yes, Lord. 
In a day of hopelessness that's on the rise, we as Christians need to be hope-filled people. We don't need to be struggling with our moods and struggling with depression. We need to be overflowing with the joy of the Lord and a confidence that the power of God can be manifest and, and, and demonstrated through each of us. Are you with me? I want to raise your confidence that God not only desires to move through you and demonstrate supernatural signs and wonders and miracles, but he'll do it because his promises are yes and amen. And he says in his word that he'll do it. Some of you, that's a potential. It's, it's something that's not tapped into. But I want to ask you, when was the last time somebody told you they weren't feeling well? And you said, let me pray for you. When was the last time somebody told you that they're dealing with depression in a restaurant or, or in a coffee shop or were in a store, wherever you might be. And you say, let me pray for you. There's a God that can deliver you from that. I was, I was reading a story last night of a, a pastor, a, a, a very famous pastor in Dallas that lost his daughter. And they were dealing with this loss and it was from alcoholism and, and uh, she was an alcoholic. And as they discovered and, and they were talking about the, the joy of the testimony of this whole thing. And she, they believe, encountered the Lord right before she passed. And they're grateful. They, they know she's with Jesus because they had conversations before she went. She was having massive seizures. And she cried out to the Lord in her last moments. But the beauty of that life is that that life has brought so many people to the Lord. That testimony has brought so many people to the Lord. And they were saying they've seen more salvations through her death than they ever saw when she was alive. Wow. Even death has no sting when you know the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Right. Even death can be a testimony of his life. Yes. Because we go from glory to glory. How many of you know that? When you know the Lord, you go from glory to glory. It's a beautiful thing. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Romans 4, verses 16 to 17. I'm going to read this out of the New Living, and then I'm going to read out of the New King James, and there's a reason why, because the New King James spells out what I want to, what I want to really provoke you with today. Romans 4, verses 16, so the promise is received by faith. Guys, the promises of God is received by faith. You might not see it, but it's received by your belief that this can happen in faith, believing in things that are not seen. It is given as a free gift. The Lord is not going to charge you for this. No charge. Okay? Isn't that great? We are certain to receive it. I want to ask you, are you certain that you're going to receive it? Are you certain that when you call out to the Lord that he's going to move in and through you? Because it says here, and we are all certain to receive it. Whether or not we live according to the law of Moses... If we have faith like Abraham's, for Abraham is the father of all who believe. We're grafted in. This is what scripture means when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This is what happened because Abraham believed in the God who brings the dead back to life and who creates new things out of nothing. Now, let me hold on to that. Hold on to that creates new things out of nothing. Romans 4 verse 17 out of the New King James. I'm just going to read this second verse again. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of him who believed, God gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. 
Things that do not exist as though they did. How many of you are looking at something that does not exist and you are believing God that it will exist? So here's my question. Are you calling things that are not as though they are? Are you calling things that are not into existence into existence? What that means is that there's power of life and death in the tongue and you could begin to speak things that line up with his scripture, his promises that are yes and amen, and there's power when you speak them out. For example, when I'm not feeling well, in the name of Jesus, body, I tell you to come in line. You could ask Liz, I had seen a doctor just yesterday uh, because I, I was holding hope and I hurt my hand and I could not play the piano. I could not move my hand. And I saw this uh, acupuncturist who's working on me and helping me out and thank God for doctors and people who know what they're doing. And that was tremendously beneficial. But it wasn't until I started talking to my hand that said, hand, you come in line in Jesus name that I actually felt the healing take place. Now, I believe that God used the doctor, but I believe that that God also, I believe he performed a miracle because today I did not feel any pain when I was playing. I'm just giving you a little testimony. He is in the miracle working business and he hasn't stopped. You say, well, I was believing God for a miracle and I didn't see that miracle when I was believing. Keep believing. Keep believing. Don't stop. You go, well, I've got questions for God. So do I. I don't understand this. I don't understand this, this, how this ended up. I don't understand either. But what I know is I cannot allow that to affect my faith. I cannot allow that to instill a spirit of unbelief. I cannot hang out in grief and unbelief. Say that out loud. I will not hang out in grief or unbelief. Some of y'all didn't say that and you needed to, your ears needed to hear your mouth say that. Say, I will not hang on to grief or unbelief. See, when you start to declare things like that and your ears hear your mouth take authority, your spirit has to come in line. That's called taking authority. That's why when I'm in the shower and I start experiencing things because I tend to ruminate in the shower. Sometimes I start to feel anxiety or I start to feel fear. And I say, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. See, you could declare scripture when you feel the opposite of what scripture says. When something is opposite of what scripture says, it's called a lie. The devil's a liar. And he will lie and lie and lie and use the same lie over and over and over again to see if he could trip you up. I'm closing that door. So are you declaring I'm healed when you're sick? Are you looking at an impossible situation and saying, mountain, get out of my way? There's power in your confession. Proverbs 18, verse 21. Your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life. And check this out. I've always read this differently, but I'm going to explain a different maybe twist on this scripture verse. And the talkative person will reap the consequences. You always go to gossip when you hear that. Do you know there's consequences of declaring life so that you receive life? A consequence is simply the repercussion of an action. That's all that is. That sounded so educated. I cannot believe that came out of my mouth. Wow. That's the Holy Spirit right there. You know. (laughs) That's what a consequence is. The repercussion of an action. So when you're declaring life, the consequence would be that you would reap life. 
Like the consequence of tithing is that you end up receiving. You end up going, wow, I'm living in abundance. Why? Because that's the consequence of tithing. Consequence of not tithing. Well, I, I look at my checkbook. I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. You say, Pastor, are you saying that when I don't tithe, that I'm, I'm listening? I'm not here to always hit on money. I'm hitting on the heart, which is why it's such a sensitive nerve for the church. Yeah. I kind of like going there because I like to provoke. It's just me. Sorry. But do you have faith and are you fully convinced that God will do what he said he'll do? Are you, are you believing that? It's easy when things don't look good. I've been struggling with this all morning. I just text somebody about it. When things don't look good and you're struggling, do I believe that God will fulfill the promise of what he said? I'm preaching to myself this morning on this rainy Sunday morning with half our church watching online because y'all aren't feeling well. You go, God, why? Declare life. Let's change this picture. How many of you know 2024 is the year of this church growing? And I'm talking about people growing. I'm not talking about numeric, although that too. I'm talking about this is the year where we will all grow in the yes, Lord, yes, in the depths yes, of his goodness. Yes, yes, Lord. Romans 4, verses 18 to 24 in the New Living. Even when there was no reason for hope, some of you right now are going, I, I, don't, I don't have a reason for hope. I'm looking, at, I'm looking at closed doors. I'm looking at obstacles. I'm looking at what looks like a wall. But Abraham, in our example in this case, kept hoping, even though it didn't look like there was a reason to hope. What was he hoping for? We're going to get there. Believing that he would become the father of many nations. Old dude believing that he could still reproduce with an old wife. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you'll have. You'll be the father of many nations. I'll make a possible situation out of a physical impossibility is what God's saying there. And Abraham's faith did not weaken. Guys, I want to talk to somebody whose faith is weak today. Don't let your faith be weak. Don't let it weaken. Even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. (laughs) Don't tell your wife that. (laughs) Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. Man, could you imagine if the more impossible it looked, our faith grew stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. What would happen? There would be an outbreak of supernatural because God calls that righteous. I'm going to get there. I'm getting ahead of myself. He was fully convinced that God was able to do whatever he promises. Because of Abraham's faith, because of Abraham's faith, because of Abraham's faith, That was the reason. That was the why this happened. God counted him as righteous. Some of y'all are in a situation where right now God's trying to see if you're righteous. You know what? I'm going to go to lunch. I'll see you guys later. God's trying to test me in this area. He's saying, hey, it doesn't look good. Are you righteous? You going to stumble? What are you made of? What are you made of? I don't know about y'all, but I am in the mood to flick the devil in the nose. I'm so done with him trying to punk me out with optics that don't line up with what scripture says. I'm so sick of it. 
Because of, of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit. It wasn't just for him. It's not just for you when you walk by faith. No, what happens in that case? It was recorded for our benefit too, assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in him, the one who raised Jesus, our Lord from the dead. Amen. When you walk righteous... It is a testimony and it encourages others. I say all the time that bad company corrupts good morals, but man, I believe good company corrupts bad morals. That's why I try to hang out with good people. Luke 7 verses 2 to 10. This blows my mind. The revelation in this. Father, we receive revelation as we read this. A Roman military captain there. This is out of the Passion Translation had a beloved servant whom he highly valued and who was sick to the point of death. When the captain heard that Jesus was in this city, he sent some respected Jewish, Jewish elders to plead with him to come and heal his dying servant. So they came to Jesus and told him, the Roman captain is a wonderful man. If anyone deserves a visit from you, it's him. Won't you please come to his home and heal his servant? For he loves the Jewish people, and he built our meeting hall for us. And Jesus started off with them. But on his way there, friends of the captain stopped him and delivered this message. Master, don't even bother to come in person, for I'm not good enough for you to enter my home. I want to pause right there. Some of y'all are feeling that exact same way right now. Like, Lord, I'm staring at a situation, but I don't know that I'm good enough I feel like I've jacked it up. I feel like I've done something to circumvent your move in my life. I don't think that I could really see you move. I've fallen short of your glory because of these areas. I've done this. I've done that. I've looked at pornography. I've had this sin in my life. I've had that sin in my life. Certainly, you can't move and use me. Lie. Yes. Lie. Yes. Lie. Yes. Repent, turn from your sin, invite him back into your life. Ain't no thing but a chicken wing. He won't even remember it. I'm yelling. I'm yelling. I want to say this. Your home, he'll enter your home if you invite him. None of you are not worthy of an invitation from the Lord. That's because of the supernatural life of Jesus and what he accomplished here on earth. We're all unworthy. All have sinned and fallen short or unworthy of the glory of God. But there's Jesus. There's the cross. There's the blood on the cross. I'm not worthy enough to even come out to meet one like you. But if you would just speak the word of healing from right where you are, I know that my servant will be healed, he says. I'm an ordinary man. Anybody ordinary in this room? Yet I understand the power and authority, and I see the authority operating through you. He's talking to Jesus here. I see that you carry authority. I think that's the problem with this generation is there's no fear of the Lord. We don't see that there's authority in the name of Jesus. Which, by the way, the Lord is showcasing through Israel right now. Just keep watching Israel. You want to see the authority of the Lord? Keep watching Israel. Keep watching. Keep watching. I was watching Fox News, and they were talking about this, this rise of, of, of uh, anti-Semitism and, and this rise of hate against Israel. I'm going, Ooh, the Lord has got an opportunity where he is about to so show off. He's about to so show off for the nation of Israel. They don't have any worries because of the promise of Abraham who we just read about. 
I'm an ordinary man, yet I understand the power and authority and see the authority operating through you. I have soldiers under me who obey everything I command. I also have authorities over me whom I likewise obey. So master, just speak the word and healing will flow. Check out Jesus' response to this. Jesus marveled at this man. He turned around and said to the crowd who had followed him, listen, everyone, never have I found among the people of God a man like this who believes so strongly in me. Never found that before. And Jesus spoke a word of healing from a distance. When the man's friend returned home, they found the servant completely healed and doing fine. Now, I want, to, I want to take authority right now over a lie. The Lord just told me that some of you are thinking, well, if I've experienced loss, that must mean I don't carry authority. It's not what that means. And I rebuke that thought in Jesus' name. Get out of the air. Get out. You go, what are you doing right now? I'm taking authority. I'm, I'm walking in authority. I don't have to take it. It's already been given to me. We don't understand all of these things. But what we do understand is we're going to keep believing and we're going to keep contending. And when we press through, God calls that righteous. We've all experienced loss. Are we going to tap out because we've experienced that? Or are we going to go, okay, God, you had your way. I don't understand that completely, but I trust you. That's called faith. And God calls that when you surrender righteous. Which is why we sing, I surrender all. What you're saying is, I'm righteous. I'm giving up my need to understand. Can I tell you, you will never see the supernatural if you're walking in understanding. You have to give up understanding to see the supernatural demonstrated. There are so many people that I know that don't believe they, they need to understand everything. They go to the, the spiritual calculator and try to do the math, and it doesn't work out. And so they never see the super. It becomes an obstacle from God moving in their life. Your mind is about this big, and God is huge. My little pea brain cannot understand all of the things of God. No, he gave me the mind of Christ, but I cannot wrap my head around. It's the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. That's where the supernatural exists. But we're trying to figure the Lord. Well, when I figure this out, maybe I'll see him move in my life. No, maybe when you figure out, you'll never figure it out is when you'll see God move in your life. Somebody said to me, you know, I, I hear you giving these prophetic words, and I, I'm just curious, you know, what does that feel like to be, to be, you know, to give these words and, and know that that person is actually experiencing ministry? I said, I get scared every time I do it. I, and I'm talking about the fear of the Lord. I genuinely, because I'm given a word that I know is going to be tested, and I know I'm not perfect. I know that when I'm given it, but I'm just being obedient because God calls that righteous. And if you never exercise the gift, you will never see the supernatural. And Jesus, you go, what is this all about? This is not a Christmas message. Yes, it is. Jesus exercised the gift and saw it every time. But he wasn't afraid to do it. He wasn't afraid. People were constantly approaching him. Why? Because he knew. He knew. He didn't struggle with unbelief. He knew. He confidently knew. 
And we're reading that about Abe here. I love that, that Jesus spoke the healing and it just happened. Here is how you know the supernatural power of Jesus is meant for you so that you could live a supernatural life. If you hear nothing else, turn to Mark chapter 16. We're going to read this out of the Passion. Mark chapter 16, I'm going to read verses 15 to 18, and then I'm going to skip down to 20. And he said to them, this is Jesus speaking, as you go into all the world, not if, as you go into all of the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. The entire human race. Those that politically disagree with you, those that are antichrist, those that would curse out the name of Jesus, the entire race. Anybody who is in existence. Red and yellow, black and white, we're all precious in his sight, doesn't matter. The entire human race. Whoever believes the good news and is baptized will be saved. And whoever does not believe the good news will be condemned. And check this out, verse 17. Somebody needs to get excited about this. And these miracle signs will accompany those who believe. They will drive out demons in the power of my name, and they will speak in tongues. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous. And they will lay hands. Not they might lay hands. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. And the apostles went out, announcing the good news everywhere, as the Lord himself consistently worked with them, validating the message they preached with miracle signs that accompanied them. So I'm going to read that one more time. One more time. Validating the message they preached with miracle signs that accompanied them. Why is the church in America struggling? Because we don't validate the message with miracle signs. It's that simple. There's a church named Bethel. Many of you are probably familiar with it. Bethel's been accused of being a whacked out church and, you know, just constantly doing some odd things. And I don't understand what's up. And the church loves to talk smack and loves to be used of the enemy to talk against each other. And I don't want to do that. There's some things that I don't understand. Not everything that's the culture of Bethel would be the culture here at Hope Covenant. But I've got to hand it to Bethel. They're not afraid to pray for the sick. And they're not afraid when the sick don't recover to go, you know what, God, we tried. All we know is that we lived righteous and put it before you and did what we were supposed to do. The rest is in your hands. See, it's not your fault when you pray over somebody and they're not healed. You go, God, I'm just going to trust you anyway. But did you do it? Because that's what's righteous. That's what's righteous. And it's not that he overlooked you. It's that we have to trust that the Lord knows what he's doing. Why are certain people healed and certain people aren't? I don't have that answer. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm disappointed sometimes. And I share that with the Lord. I even use that as a moment of communion with God to say, God, I'm I'm so bummed out. I don't get it. Why? And we all have a, a, a tendency to sometimes go, Lord, that, that really stinks. And that's fine. Just don't tell the Lord he stinks. And sometimes I've told the Lord that too. And he's corrected me on it and fixed my bad attitude. But we serve a God 
who's alive. We serve Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit who Jesus left us with and said, okay, I did all of these things through everything about my life that was supernatural, everything, and I gave of myself. Now all I'm asking you to do is the same thing. So I want to commission you and challenge you and provoke you this morning with this. Are you demonstrating the supernatural life of Jesus or are you just talking about him? Is your faith to where you really believe that God can do some things through your life? Is your testimony something that is just words or you pray, Lord, make it alive to the person that I'm talking to, that it would instill faith in that person? that you would supernaturally move through the words that I'm sharing with this person, that they would begin to encounter you, not just hear about you. Let's bow our heads and our hearts in prayer this morning. And I want to say this, if you're in a position where you're not walking and living a righteous life, you want to recommit yourself to the Lord and you've got some sin that you feel like is blocking you, you just not clearly hearing from God and you're like, okay, I know what it is though. I feel some things in my life I need to get right. All you have to do is repent and I want to give an opportunity for that this morning. But Lord, our prayer as we end this year, we celebrate the miracle of Jesus. It's Father, we want to we see, Jesus actually said, you'll see greater signs and wonders than even I did. Lord, we want to see greater. We want to see greater. We're not just desiring it. We're contending for it as a church. It means we're going we're gonna to seek it out until it happens. Lord, we're here and we're asking you to do the supernatural in this place. Father, let Hope Covenant be a church that is known in Charlotte as a place where you are evident. Where you're on display where you heal, where you deliver, where you set free, where people come into your kingdom in droves, Father. We're asking you for that. We believe that this morning. And Father, in each of our lives, in each of our sphere of influence, Father, in all of our workplaces, in all of our, our, in our school and everything that we do, Father, I ask that you would demonstrate yourself, that you would move through us. Holy Spirit, move through us. We're asking you that the supernatural life of Jesus would be demonstrated through us in Jesus' name. If you believe that, would you say, Lord, that's me? Yeah. I really believe what I'm talking about. I've heard somebody argue before and say, well, that was for the apostles, but it's not for us. And the power of, of Jesus is the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still there. And I believe he can operate through me. Do you believe it? Yes. Hmm. I want to encourage you to get into fellowship with people who provoke you. People who provoke you to righteousness. It's what we're supposed to do. Lord, we thank you for that. Guys, I want to wish you the merriest of Christmases. And we'll see you before the new year. Love you guys. You guys are dismissed. Let's go demonstrate the supernatural life of Jesus to a society who needs it in Jesus' name. If you enjoyed today's message, I want to encourage you to like it and share it on social media or jump onto our website, hopecovenant.cc, and click on our giving link and help us continue to share the message of Jesus across the world. God bless you and have an awesome week.